Whiskey, whiskey, the singer's getting sore. We raise the roof now and we're lowering the floor. The band is blistering, but we got a little more. When I say one, two, you say three, four. One, two, three, four. Welcome to the Whiskey Topic. It's Mark Bylock, and I'm here at Waterford Distillery. Um, on a we're having a hurricane here. Well, it's now a tropical storm, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm here with the CEO of, uh, of the distillery, Mark Rayner. Um, and I will say, uh, just Mark, welcome to the podcast. Um, well, thank you. I've never seen a distillery like this because this is the distillery is literally fully dedicated design and process and function yeah. and procedures all around Barley Terroir. Yeah. Um, and the whole the whole unit like every part of the process and i keep i i like i have the saying that i would like saying i like saying whiskey's made exactly the same way and everybody does it completely differently um but that's true here more than anywhere else gosh yeah i mean you 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 absolutely right it, it it's um you know it hasn't you know the science hasn't changed yeah. in in you know the thousand years since you know it was first invented in syria um, the science hasn't changed at all, and most of the equipment hasn't really changed. You know, the concepts um, it's got a bit more, you know, a bit more modern, a bit more technical, but but uh, you know, no, nothing's really changed that much. Um, but as you say, you know, people distill in different ways. They do. Uh, they have different attitudes. They have different budgets. They have different visions, um, and you know, different still shapes. You know, you know, people try. You know, new things and uh, um you know perhaps this is better perhaps uh, so 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 yes it has evolved um and this is this place here uh, as you say is very very unusual it doesn't look much like a distillery because it wasn't it yeah. was a, it was a um a guinness brewery yeah i'll, I'll take uh, uh folks back so you um you know you're, you're most famous uh you're most famous for Brooklady. Uh, the distillery you came in you know you you found at that place you you, you haggled them until they sold yeah. it to you um and created uh, a concept of you know terrific young whiskeys uh yeah. terroir organic yeah. and you were you were flirting with those concepts uh the yes. distillery closed and um and you came about so this sorry that distillery closed out the distillery got sold uh and you were the only partner in that um you were the only uh, owner that voted against the deal you were the only one that didn't want to yeah. stop the story um and so the next thing you did is so you kind of went quiet, but not for very long, if I remember correctly. But well, yeah. But then you 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 bought a brewery. I was licking my wounds. You yes, were a little yeah. bit, but you bought it. Licking so my you got you got so much flack. I shouldn't say so much flack, but you did get some flack for suggesting whiskey was had there was a terroir and it mattered when under Brooklady. And even though you did release products, yeah. but then instead of in, you just doubled down on this, well, you yeah, bought a brewery it, it, for you, very yeah. cheap. I could might tell well, you. Yeah. It, well, yes. You know, it's seven million or whatever it was. But but uh, you're right, uh, Brooklady. You know, one of the great uh, things I wanted to do. I mean, I, I've come from a wine background, so so you know, half half my career has been in fine wine. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a vigneron. Uh, um, you know, it's 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 sort of in my blood. So so with Brooklady, it was sort of going to the um, you know the the spirits side, the dark side, um, and it was a defunct distillery uh, shut down. It took me a decade to persuade them to sell it to me. And when they did, it was like, uh, you know, this great opportunity to bring two things together, the, the, you know, the whiskey world and the wine world, and apply some of the uh, things that, you know, I took for granted, you know, the, the concept of terroir, mm-hmm. you know, that, that sort of weird um, idea of how um, a crop or a plant is influenced by uh, where it grows, it's influenced by the soil, the humidity, the temperature, the exposition, the type, um, you know, the topography, the you know, all these things. We, we all know it. You know, we know it as gardeners. We know it as farmers. Um, and, you know, in the drinks industry, it's called terroir. Um, this sort of odd French word of which there is no real sort of English translation. Mm-hmm. And so consequently, it's a, it's a word that's open to abuse. And, it's, and I'm sure you're going to hear a lot about this term. Uh, and a lot of people with no idea what it really means or have, have any intention of doing anything about it. But we did um, at Brooklady. We, um, we wanted to grow, uh, we wanted to use only Scottish barley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seemed to me a, a pretty prerequisite of, you know, Scotch whiskey, you know, or Irish whiskey. It should be with Scottish barley or Irish barley. Um, it's, you know, it's what it says on the tin. Um, and so we set out to to ensure that there was only uh, Scottish barley used, 
And then, of course, the next step was, you know, the appellation was Isla. So what about Isla barley? Well, there, there no Isla barley had been grown since the First World War, hmm. mainly because, you know, most of the young men didn't come back. Um, so persuading farmers to grow barley again was quite a difficult thing to do. Uh, but bit by bit, we were able to do so from about 2004 onwards. And of course, the, the, the great pleasure of doing that in, in, in sort of uh, seeing barley growing again, you know, those golden fields on, uh, on Isla was, was, was lovely. Um, but there's lots of knock-on effects, which were sort of, you know, the, to the economy, to, to, uh, uh, to the birds. The, you know, the, 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 it changed, you know, almost instantaneously, the, um, the numbers of birds that would feed off the grain and things like that. So there's a lot of unintended consequences. But one of the best was seeing these big, gruff farmers, um, when you got them all together at the end of the year and you gave them a sample of the spirit that was distilled from barley that they had grown... And to see these big men, you know, overcome with emotion, um, you know, you know, they did that. You know, they created this, you know, th this spirit came from their barley. And to see these big guys trying to um, rationalize with each other, with their neighbors, as to why, you know, this spirit was different to the neighbor. And yet they planted on the same day, the same variety. You know, they, they watched each other's crop during the year. And yet somehow the spirit, you know, once it had been distilled, was different, demonstrably different. Oh, I much prefer yours than mine. You know, it, was, it was fascinating, fascinating. And they were basically rationalising terroir. Well, uh, you're, you're, you're down near the coast, you're a bit, you're a bit sandier soil where you are, and I'm a bit, you know, a bit more peat where I am. You know, it was wonderful to hear, you know, these guys. And, 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 you know, several uh, would come up to me and, 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 and sort of thank me mm -hmm. for, for, for sort of making them do it. Yeah. Uh, um, and you think, why didn't make, you know, it's, it's, it has to be something that both people want to do. Yeah. And despite the skepticism, you know, they, 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 they bit by bit, you know, really embraced uh, the idea um, and it, it, it was, it, it was, you know, everyone's aware. It was great. So, um, but of course, the, the, the problem for, for us was we didn't have the infrastructure. We didn't have, um, we had a lot of people that were against the idea, you know, this, this puffy idea from, you know, this, this bloke who grew up in England, you know, well, what the hell's, you know, this is all about. So there was a lot of industry resistance. There was a lot of personal resistance, there was financial resistance. You know, this isn't what, you know, whiskey distilleries do. Um, so, so the trouble was we never really were able to do it to my satisfaction. Uh, um, so, so after uh, Remy Quantro bought the distillery um, and I was licking my wounds, um, I, I put several things together. One was um, dear Duncan McGilvery, the chief engineer um, at Brookladdy, who had been a great friend uh, to me when I first went to Isla. Lovely, lovely man who's not very well at the moment. Um, but a charming, charming um, Elach Islander. And he, I remember him one afternoon telling me that, you know, the best barley he ever saw in the 35 years that he'd been working at that distillery came from Ireland. Huh. It was actually delivered by boat to the pier in front of Brooklady, and he, he remembered sort of you know coming into the distillery, and I remember I remembered this. So 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 that was always at the back of my mind. The other thing was, well, of course, what am I going to do now? And uh, you know, Scotch whiskey. Do, do I do I get involved in that again? And you think, well, I sort of been there, seen it, done it. Um, and so I thought, well, what about Irish whiskey? You know, that's you know a bit of a um, bit bit of Wild West. You know, there's not much going on. Uh, um, you know, it's something that you know would be interesting, and then the th the clincher, the third part to that decision, was um, a Guinness brewery in Waterford um, that was put up for sale by Diageo, um, and it turned out a, a brewery that had only been built in two thousand and four, mm -hmm. and you know forty million euros to build it. And then uh, um, shut down a decade later. It looks like a giant air airport. Here. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, so, yeah. so an astonishing place. So, so it, it, that, that sort of you know, tickled my fancy. I thought I've got to go and have a look. And I came down here to have a look. 
And I remember being just bowled over. You know, you can't help, you know, you see it from the other side of the river. It, you know, it, it follows the coast, you know, the, the, the riverside. This, this huge, grey, whale-like looking building. And it had all been decommissioned, shut down. So it's a pretty sad looking place. And I wandered around and, and, and uh, you just, you couldn't believe your eyes. After uh, you know, a Victorian distillery built in 1881 of Brookladdy with this beautiful Victorian simplicity and functionality. And here was this excessive stainless steel, uh, um, you know, it hums, the place hums, you know, we call it the facilitator, you know, it, because it, 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 it's, 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 it's almost not really, it facilitates our extraction of terror because there's all sorts of bits of kit in here that you'd never in a month of Sundays find in a distillery. All here. Right. So uh, um, we, we um, were able to buy it. Uh, some of my shareholders you know, that supported me in Brookladdy and some new ones and some, 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 some friends from Ireland. And we, we bought the distillery and we spent a year converting it into a um, distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, brewing is you know, half the process. You've got to brew a beer before you can uh, distill. So, you know, it's not totally illogical. Mm-hmm. Um, what we needed to um, bring to the party was the copper, the stills. Yeah. So you'll notice when you go inside, you know, one half is stainless steel, the other half is copper. And there again, we were very lucky, you know, fortune. Um, in 2003, the Inverleven distillery, uh, a malt whiskey distillery tucked in, hidden away inside the Dumbarton um, enormous grain distillery on the banks of the River Clyde, um, which had been shut down. And it was being demolished. And uh, the guy doing the demolishing happened to be, I think it was on the ferry to Isla, and uh, um, met uh, and got talking to Jim McEwen, who was our um, distiller at, uh, um, at, at Brooklady. And uh, um, Jim came around and said, look, no, 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 you've got this chance to get all this equipment out of this distillery if we can do it within two weeks. <laughs> and so everybody was, it was a bit like the borrowers. Everybody sort of upped and off they went with, with armed with, with spanners and screwdrivers. And for two weeks, uh, two glorious weeks, basically dismantled anything that would move in this, this, this funny old uh, um, sort of distillery. And then we craned everything onto a barge and brought it back to um, to Isla. And we used the spare parts, mm-hmm. you know, for our old distillery. Um, and we used them for the best part of a decade. Um, fortunately, we, we obviously had to pay, um, you know, the demolition guy a, a sort of backhander. Nothing's free. Um, well, but we didn't have the money at the time. So, you know, it caused a big, big problem. Um, but of course, you know, a very fortuitous one, and, and uh, it's one of the best things I think Jim um, did. Um, so thank you, Jim. Uh, and of course, in amongst it was these two Inverleven stills mm-hmm. built by Blair's in 1974, <laughs> used for probably no more than seven or eight years before it was shut down. So in pretty good condition. Um, so we had those. I mean, you, you may have, if you've been to Brooklady, you'll have seen it was, it was standing outside um, the, bot- the bottling hall. Um, and so um, well, I was able to um, do a deal with, with Remy Brooklady and, 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 and take those two stills. <laughs> so they've worked their way from the Clyde to Isla and then finally to here, They've having been, been renovated. Or- orphaned. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. having been renovated by, 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 by Forsyth yeah. and installed here. So they've, quite, you know, they've had quite a journey. So we sort of knew the style of spirit we would get. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're quite tall, uh, you know, 74, you know, so they're, they're quite modern. Uh, um, so we knew we'd get a sort of, a, 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 a quite an elegant, uh, mm-hmm. uh, fruity spirit. Um, but of course, what we didn't know is, you know, what the impact the, the barley would make. Yeah. Um, and the barley, of course, is, you know, the key to this whole project. Uh, it gave me the chance with a blank sheet of paper to lay out the ultimate provisioning policy for any distillery. And I, I, I know this is going to sound incredibly arrogant, um, but I don't think anyone's ever going to be able to repeat this um, because we have left no stone unturned. 
and it you know it needed a lot, lot of help so here in Ireland in Waterford we had tremendous help from our maltsters Minch Malt mm-hmm. uh, from the Dalton brothers who built uh, what we call the cathedral which mm-hmm. is the lynch pin to this whole project it's the cathedral of barley it's the logistics that makes it all happen because what I wanted to do was distill and lay down a series of single farms. A million litres of alcohol is what the target was to make a year. And we divided that down into roughly 35 to 40 individual single farms, Mm -hmm. which equates to roughly, uh, it it gets a bit complicated, but roughly 130 tonnes of green barley Mm-hmm. But by the time it's malted down, yeah. that makes about 75 tons of malted barley. Um, but of course, the harvest season is narrow. It's less than a month. Yeah. So where the hell do you put 5,000 tons of barley separated and kept separate farm by farm? And that's where the cathedral came in. The Dalton brothers built with great alacrity this wonderful warehouse divided into 40 bins so each farm harvest is harvested delivered in three um, trailer loads is dried in an Alvin Blanche dryer overnight and stowed away binned away um, in the morning Mm -hmm. and so from the field to storage safe storage you know it's 12 hours or so Um, And so that's the beginning of our segregation process. Um, And then that means we can then, you know, we can take a breath and we call on each farm as we need it. Mm -hmm. And it goes from there to be malted and from malting to the distillery um, to be distilled. Basically a 10 day process of, of, you know, fermenting and then distilling and then uh, um, warehousing. Yeah, and, and everything here is separated out. So the grain separated out, um, the distillation process, but even where the barrels are stored are are separated yeah. by by field. And yeah. it's it's kind of there's a beauty to it because you just go and there is there's a symmetry, isn't it? Symmetry, yeah. There's uh, like oh, here's from this farm. These well, are all the barrels. Well, it, you know, it's it's again, it's logistics. Mm-hmm. It's having the ability to do it properly. So the warehousing, Michael Stafford built the warehousing for us, um, and so we store. It's roughly two hundred barrels, roughly two hundred barrels. Yeah per farm and so each farm goes into the same ratio of woods uh, obviously uh, oak Mm -hmm. but um, French and American oak Uh, so we start with virgin American virgin French and then first fill American first fill French and then um, what we call VDN vin du naturel fortified wines Mm -hmm. which could be American or French oak but they're fortified sweet wines. Mm-hmm. So sherry, port, you know, muscatel, um, banyuls, reef salt. Um, and, and we do that for, for, for sucrosity because, as you know, um, we go au naturel. We, 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 we do everything entirely naturally. There's no additives. There's right. no enzymes. There's no nutrients. There's no gibberellic acids. You know, no additives whatsoever. It's entirely natural. And so the color, the flavor is all natural the flavor comes from the barley the color comes from the wood uh um you know you know that's it i I think the the you know we've talked on the podcast before with other guests about the importance of fermentation um in in scotland um you're not allowed to use enzymes in Mm. in in, uh, single malts but you can in in Ireland, uh, fries whiskey. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the, the 60 hour fermentation period and kind of the time you take and the, the, the differences between rushing that and, and taking your time. Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's provides it's, you more, more flavor in that. It, it, I mean, I mean, really, uh, um, in a nutshell, mm-hmm. uh, in my view, uh, where we're, we're, we're free from the commercial, um, demands of, you know, the big guys, yeah. Uh, um, if you want to do it properly, which we do, because you know, what's the point in doing you know, this? You know, you, you're making a spirit that's going to be enjoyed around the world for decades to come. Yeah. You know, way after you and I have gone. Yeah. You know, you're creating something that's going to be drunk. You know, you know, in all corners of the world. 
it's a it's a it's it's a wonderful uh, um uh, I know, sort of, I know, sort of pressure. You, know, you, 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 you might as well do it for goodness' sake, to the best of your ability. So, we built a war chest to ensure that we could do it in an unprecedented level of quality. So, the best barley you can get. Well, here we are. Yeah. You know, the best segregation. You know, so that we can prove what we're doing. You know, um, the the finest distilling equipment you've ever seen the best wood policy you know whiskey it's only yeast water and barley at least it should be you know it's only those two things so you know we've got water that comes from a volcanic aquifer uh, um, yeast which we uh, have a very good uh, um, supply and the finest barley in the world Mm -hmm. well you know let's Let's use it properly. So that means slow distillation, long fermentation, narrow middle cut, best quality wood. It, it really isn't very complicated. And, and you are doing this on a relatively large scale. You, you mentioned, you know, the million liters per year. Mm. Uh, you know, comparatively speaking, uh, I just looked up Brooklady does now does about a million and a half. Mm. So you're, I think, and you're, you're happy at a million. That's kind of what your goal is. That's where you want to stay. But uh, I'm just saying like, it, it is at a pretty large volume. I, I'm just, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed by how much, um, how much you've managed to slow down the process, but still have a really good production. And I, I, but this, this is it's the funny thing, isn't it? No, but, but if you if you divide those thirty five forty farms, mm-hmm. you know, you know, ten days, you know, per farm plus some you know, shutdown, you know, for, for renovations, repairs, shutdown at Christmas, you know, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a year. So you know, it's 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 also uh, um, influenced by. The, the the two stills the two in Leven stills mm-hmm. um and that 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 provisioning you know it's balanced it's all balanced um so a million liters why well i mean when we started at Brooklady, we could only afford to you know the first 2001 2002 2003, it was 100,000 liters uh, you know then 200,000 liters that's that's you know, so because small, because yeah. we were paying for it by selling whiskey so as you build a brand, you know, you, you start with low sales and you build up. Yeah. But it meant that we could only distill small amounts. Wow. I didn't realize which, it was that shoestring. Well, well, like well, that's, well wow. which then means that by the time you're selling, say, 60,000 cases mm-hmm. um, and you look back at your stocks from 10 years ago, well, you haven't got very much there. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously those early years got hit, you know, you know very quickly and ran out very quickly. So, so, so one of the things that I, you know, which was very frustrating because just when you want the stocks, yeah. you haven't got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the frustration of distillation, you know, the time. And it's not brewing, you know, it's, it's the time that it, 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 it takes, you know, to make any change, you know, got to wait so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we were determined to make sure we had a good um, uh, volume under our belt as quickly as possible. So, so that's how we set it all out so that we could, you know, make sure that we didn't have that problem again. So as we build the Waterford brand, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing that's not going to hold us back is the lack of stock. Were you um, early on? Uh, so speaking with Ned, uh, he said like that it took about two or three months just to learn the stills and the environment and just kind of get, yeah. get a, like figure out what your flavor profile is going to ultimately well, yeah. be. It's just I, I love that, uh, that concept of just learning at, well, at this large yeah, scale. Little... I mean, I see this in smaller distilleries, yeah, yeah, yeah. but at this scale. To... Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, what are you going to do? Look it up in a book. You yeah, know, you uh, can... um, it is it's getting to understand the esprit of what you've created mm-hmm. uh, um you know what is waterford with i mean nobody knew until we started I mean, there's no sort of you know miraculous thing we know the stills are going to give a a certain weight of spirit you know we mm-hmm. talked about that last night it's a certain weight of spirit yeah but you know what's the barley going to do now this is this is where it gets really funky um because we've got some kit in here that you wouldn't find in a distillery normally like uh, the mash filter the, yeah the one. mash filter yeah uh, um which we call a terroir extractor i like that yeah you know it's like a series it's like 50 mini pneumatic presses one after the other in sequence 
Yeah. And so after the mash tun, instead of filtering or percolating through um, the grist and out through the bottom, in this case, it's pumped up through this mash filter. Uh, these pneumatic, it's like uh, 50 tea bags, you know, yeah. which inflate and squish the, the, um, the, 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 um, the grist, squish it. Um, absolutely bone dry. Yeah. It's so dry, um, you know, it's like a cake by the time you finish. It's not sopping and, you know. We've I, I've tasted it. it yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. It is, we've it's, we've so, extracted yeah. every bit of barleyness out of it. Out of the liquid, yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I'd love to put my hand off and say, oh, yeah, of course, I knew that was going to happen. I didn't. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it's something that we discovered. You inherited uh, uh, this. Yeah, we, the... we, we discovered it. Yeah. Um, and of course, it is the ultimate. We are extracting the maximum from the barley that is humanly possible. Yeah. Um, you know, the grist itself, you know, it's so different. You know, it's much finer. It goes through a hydro mill where mm. the grist is milled in a disc mill um, under water. Uh, which prevents oxidation and uh, uh, um, and provides lubrication for that for that, that milling. So, so it's a very 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 fine uh, grist, um, which again, you know, you know, because we're not using a traditional mash tun. Yeah. You know, you know, we can do that. You know, if you did that with a traditional mash tun, it would all clog up. Yeah. You know, so 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 it's it's, you know, it wasn't a decision. It was there. Yeah. Uh, so so. Um, it's something we're, we're benefiting, which means that when we when we ferment, we're fermenting uh, to higher strengths. Yeah, um, and you know the flavors we're getting are very barley orientated. I think you've 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 noticed this in the spirits that you've tasted. You know there is a richness there, uh, um, which you know is is that. Is that what it is? This floral fruitiness and this rich, sort of, you know, sort of, is, is that, you know, what Waterford whiskey is? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you then get the next farm through and it's slightly different and the next farm through. And then you go from one uh, uh, harvest to the next, you know, the crossover from, you know, you know, we were just about to cross over to 219 harvest. Yeah, that's right. You're doing last you know, year And of course, there's, you, know, you, get, you get an annual harvest yeah. difference yeah you know it, it's it's riveting if you're interested and want to look now there's plenty of people in this industry that don't want to look they don't want to know yeah it's all about conformity it's standardization it's global barley it's global you know just it, you know it's all about uniformity cheapest liter of alcohol you know all the research is about the cheapest liter of alcohol yeah not the most flavorsome liter of alcohol and, and but it's also troublesome. We, I, I've spoken to very small distilleries, like you know, very tiny ones, um, and and their challenge was they originally wanted to go, you know, go to farmers and, and use their mm. grain. But their biggest challenge was it was the consistency factor was so difficult to get all the work that they needed to do to keep the product well, there consistent. You go. There you go. Um, and, and, and mashing not being you know the least of them. Right. So yeah. then so for uh, them so, uh, malting. malting, yeah. And so for them the 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 answer was buying the grain. So like I guess the way it was explained to me by uh, your your head brewer I should think was really nicely done. Uh, when he worked here for for Guinness, um, they bought a whole bunch of barley, just just you know truckloads of it. And they, he, he might have a two or three month run of barley. I think I mm. can't remember exactly. But so he kind of had to set up that equipment at first run. It took maybe a week to kind of make sure the milling was and like all the that all the numbers were correct mm. and all that. But once that was done for the next three months, well, again, the, the simplicity. Brewer, simplicity was there. Conformity. You're doing this every 10 well, days. Well, absolutely. So, 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 so the monitoring and the regulation is, 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 you know, is, is, is vital. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where, you know, modern technology comes to our aid. Mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, at Brooklady, you know, there wasn't a, a microchip in sight. You know, it, yeah. it was all done by sight. Uh, you know, you know, you know, don't touch that. It hasn't been touched for, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know uh, um, you know, but but even there, we knew that there was a sort of difference between the winter uh, distillations and the summer distillations because of the heat. Yeah. You know, the water in the burn that's 
going through the the the, the um, condensers in the summer. You know, when the water level's low, the temperature is up. Yeah. You know, it makes for uh, uh, you know it, it takes longer to you know to to actually cool down the vapor. Mm-hmm. So so you know the, the condensers are running for longer. So the spirit's slightly different. You know, yeah. the cuts are slightly different to the winter when it's colder. Now you know that's that's about as far as it went. Yeah. Uh, well, um, obviously, you know, different bars, but. Um, but but here you 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 know we are distilling in real time. This is you know it's an astonishing thing. I will never lose my love for that wonderful Hebridean, beautiful Victorian distillery. It's it's just in my heart. Mm-hmm. This place could not be more different. Yeah. But it's one hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Because you're distilling in real time. You know what's happening as it happens yeah you know each farm has to be treated differently you can't uniformly set everything up you know it doesn't work because you know the grain is different you know the the terroir was different it it, it, it has to be dealt with individually each fermentation is different mm-hmm. we've got all this data which is the wonderful thing you know you know, you know guinness put in all these you know data collection things you know really to, you know how to make it quicker and cheaper you know but we're using it to actually work out you know what's going on so so distilling in real time i mean we've got you know oodles of fermenters most distilleries are restricted by the number of fermenters they've got that's mm-hmm. how they have to operate well right. we don't we've got fermenters coming out of our ears you're only using a couple of them well, yeah, 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 yeah we got we, and they're all thermoregulated mm-hmm. so you can control the temperature yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, you know, just you know, Brookladdy, they're wooden, wonderful wooden uh, uh, fermenters, which have a natural temperature absorption, which is very good compared to just straight steel. Yeah. Um, but this is taking that to another level. You know, we can control. You know, as the temperature rises uh, during fermentation, we can hold it. Mm-hmm. We yeah. can lower it. Yeah. We can therefore extend it, so we can take longer to ferment. And we know that a longer fermentation produces purer flavors, cleaner flavors, um, as opposed to the industry standard, which is a high-density fermentation. You get it all over and done with as quickly as possible, get it through, move it on. And so, they, you know, double doses of, of, of yeast to get a you know, really aggressive fermentation. So you get volatile flavors. Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing the opposite. We're, cu- we're calming it all down. Um, the the whiskey off the still, um, you know, one of the one of the things I've never had the experience of before was going into a lab and tasting. You know, here's this how this whiskey tasted in 2016 off the still. Here's a sample of it from mm-hmm. 2016. Here's a sample of it for after three years in American oak and you know first fill European oak, mm-hmm. etc. Um, and, and that that wonderful comparison and just having tasted, you know, you know five different you know, white dogs or however you want to call it, uh, spirits off the still, um, from different years, different vintages, um, different types of grain and how different that grain tasted, uh, the whiskey tasted, how many knows. I, I remember like, you know, the, the levels of sweetness were different. Mm. Like some of them might get notes of like grapes and, and some of them were like paprika spicy. <laughs> I, I just, just, the, the but, but doesn't that make you laugh? It, it, you know, there's a whole industry out there saying terroir doesn't exist. Right, right, it right. can't exist. Well, you, you just described it, you know, it, it, it is. It's, yeah. it's, the the one the bio biodynamic and the organic ones were yeah. were worse. I mean, I, I keep being embarrassed to say this because it's a little cliche, but like I, they 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 are earthy. Um, mm. um, I think Ned described it as ever, they smell very agricultural. They just yeah. you smell like right yeah. there. And then I talked to your one of uh, your facility manager here, and he said, yeah, when you uh, fermented and distilled the the bio the biodynamic uh, and organic green, I think both. He's like he's like the distilled the place has never smelled that way before. <laughs> it's just smelled earthy Don't and wonderful, it? and it just. That, Don't that, you love that, it? That level of, of attention. Don't you love it? I mean, I, I mean this is what yeah. it's all about. You know, it, you know, it, 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 it warms the cockles of my heart to hear you talk about it too because you know, it's not just us. Yeah. You know, anybody that comes here, you know, I mean, Ned's thing, you know, he'll say, look, you know, here, here's the library of all the spirits. That's 40 spirits, 40 versions of Waterford whiskey we are making each year. 40 single malt Waterford whiskies we are making each year. Yeah. Components or to be bottled on their own. You know, we, 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 we can do both. Yeah, that's right. So, so you know, you know, the, the, you know what he does is he goes, look, okay, don't take my word for it. Yeah. Help yourself. 
Yeah, anything there you want. are. Yeah. Help yourself. You know, it's like putting a pin on a dog. Pick which one you want. Uh, and because, you know, if I give it to you, you'll say I've loaded the, you know, I've loaded the thing. You know, yeah. no, it help yourself. Take whatever ones you want and you can nose them. You don't even need to taste them. No. Just nose them and you can smell the differences. They're subtle. I, I, granted, they're subtle, but they're there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and yet the industry will swear blind that it doesn't exist. And, and this is what really makes me laugh, you know, because they have to. Yeah. Because if they admit that actually there might be, well, the question is, what, what are you doing about it? And how do you justify, you know, buying your, your barley from some global European market, you know, or some, you know, Ukraine or, you know, Australia or, you know, whatever, uh, uh, you know, when it says sort of, you know, Irish or Scotch, you know, whiskey on it. How do you justify, you know, or, you know so they want to shut the thing down. They mm-hmm. want to stop any debate. So they wheel out all these old boys and say, oh, well, we did the trials back in 1960 and we couldn't prove, you know, da, 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 you know. Uh, um, and, and so all of this stuff, you know, is brought out to discredit the whole idea because they're scared. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I just think that's really sad. You know, it, a really sad attitude, a, a, a complete lack of live and let live. Uh, um, and, and all to the you know to the detriment of the of, of the serious consumer you know you know you know the people that are you know turned on you know, and want to know a bit more and i don't deny this project is really for people that want to savor the flavor you know this isn't for you know getting shit faced you know and, you know this is this is you know for for the, the thoughtful for the considered it's for, it's for the for the for the people that are interested in whiskey and want to know where to go next you know well this is what it's about uh, um, and hopefully, uh, those people will be as intrigued as we are. Yeah, yeah. I um, as as part of this trip, and uh, thank thank you for hosting me here. Um, the uh, we went to Ballygarn, 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 Ballygarn. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Um, and that's the uh, Irish uh, Agriculture and Food Development Department. And what they do uh, primarily, at least, it sounds like they do a lot of you know the t- test to make sure the cheese basically against food fraud. Food fraud. Oh, Chagas, you mean Chagas? Ch- so, so Ballygarn is our warehouse. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. Ch- yes, yes, Chagas. Chagas. Yeah, yeah. Chagas. Um, Part of the Ministry of Agriculture. Yes, thank you. Yeah, um, they. Uh, one of the fascinating things you mentioned, you know, studies done previously about terroir, um, the te- they have the latest technology there. I literally, they, I've never seen so many mass spectrometers in my yeah, life. They, the latest. The latest. And yeah. then there's like, this one costs $300,000. That one costs $400,000. That one costs, like, just amazing. Yeah. They have this one machine there that, um, and, I, and I'll, I'll tell you why I'm telling the story. I'll get to the point. But it's like, they have this one machine there where they... They, they they were doing seaweed at the time, but they also did some of the whiskey samples you sent them. They'll put in a sample in there, and it, it does kind of the mass spectrometer, and it basically blasts a bunch of particles through a thing and changes the boiling point. So you're you're only going to smell things at that vaporization level, and so and, and so there's a, a nosing area, and somebody takes notes of what kind of what they're nosing, and then they're saying, okay, this is what I'm feeling, and then there uh, and then there's like a five point scale or something about how intense that. But that's the, that, that's the latest. That's the latest is Greek. linking you know sensory perception to uh, um, you know, to, gas chromatography. And, yeah. and to actual the yeah. chemical, yeah, totally. Yeah. And the one, the one fascinating thing is that there was a, one of the scientists there, uh, Maria, she, um, she was doing this a little, while, a little while for your whiskey. Two things I think that came out really between a couple of days ago and this morning. She's, they both, the, both the scientists, they're like, whiskey is the most complex thing they've ever had. That the amount of esters is more complex than any cheese they've mm. studied anything else. Six, six flavor compounds. Six pounds of, of cheese. Yeah, and then yeah. they're saying there's 97. Like, yeah, <laughs> some insane number of esters. Uh, it just, and, and this isn't whiskey. That, they're not even talking about whiskey made at your distillery. They're yeah. just talking about like uh, the scientifically, they made a yeah. whiskey in a lab. So yeah. it was scientifically controlled. So this is just yeah. a general c- concept around whiskey. But the one thing that I really liked what she said was uh, on Wednesday, she said that she smelled something that never came out on a spectrometer like she smelled a substance that she already identified in a different sample but it never came out mm. even on that eight hundred thousand dollar mass spectrometer mm. unit mm. they couldn't find it mm. and so they took that sample and what they did is they took like heavy particles out and dispersed these, these lighter mm. parts to kind of isolate mm. more things and they found the particles mm. she knows mm. yeah. that they couldn't even that the yeah. computer didn't identify yeah. on the machine yeah. it was just it yeah. was it was basically covered up by something yeah. else yeah um and so even even today even with our most expensive technology, the nose still It's strange, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and of course, you know, you know, those 97 identified flavor compounds aren't also react to each, with, to each, with other. each other to create yeah. more. And they uh, neuter each other. You know, so it's, it's not just 
you know, compound B equals flavor, you know, whatever. It, it's far, far, far more complex than that. I, uh, we, uh, Ned and I mixed, uh, yesterday we were playing around a little bit. We mixed two, uh, two barrel samples and we got like this beautiful ginger candy spice note. Mm. I, neither sample had any remnants Guts. of, and then we poured in a little bit of something else and it was gone. Yeah. And it's gone forever. It's, well, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Isn't it? Yeah. I, I, you know, this is a whole different sector when, you know, with, with, um, uh, Ned, um, you know, getting to understand, getting to learn, um, what our whiskey is. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can remember, you know, it's a couple of years ago, where do you start? Yeah. You know, with this library of spirits, you know, 40 farms a year, five barrels, there's 200 different component types, yeah. you know, without even talking about the different barrels, you know, you know each barrel being different Absolutely. in its own right. You know, yeah. uh, uh, um, you know that's just, you know, styles of barrel. Uh, so, 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 you know, we start with one farm, Mm-hmm. And you know you, you draw samples from those different five barrel types, and you know see how they're coming along. You know, and and, and you know the, the the virgin oaks and the French oaks versus American, and then you cross. You know, then you do another farm in mm-hmm. vertical, and then another one in vertical, and then you know you you start going horizontal. So you know you've seen his 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 uh, workshop, his his tasting room. It's yeah. just a myriad yeah. of of different you know barrel samples. All of which are individual Waterford single malt whiskies. This is the point. They're not just the same whiskey in lots of different barrels. Yeah. They are different single malts from Waterford. That's you know that's the that's the wonderful thing we've got. The mind blowing part of yeah, this. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's you know, it, it blows my mind even now. You know. Uh, um, you go into the you know, in library of that we we keep. Um, uh, 16 uh, little samples of each spirit mm-hmm. um, off the still uh, for reference. And you just see that, you know, it's shelf upon shelf upon shelf. Uh, it, and you go, wow. You know, and the fun is, you know, putting them together. Yeah. Yes, identifying this farm and going, right, that we're going to bottle that one up because that's really interesting. And you know what? To compare it, to contrast it, so you can see the difference. We'll bottle up that one too. Yeah. So the same variety, you know, it's perhaps the same uh, uh, region, um, but two different farms and two different, subtly different versions. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, you know, we are intrigued by it and we hope you will be too. But then what about if you put one, two, three, four, five, six together? What yeah. happens then? Now, you know, we know from the wine world, you know, that the more you know, components you put together, you know, if you look at a spider graph from the gas chromatography, mm-hmm. you know, which outlines, you know, the, 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 the chemical compound components in, in, that, in that spirit. We, and we put it on the website, you can see it, you know, it, there's, there's a, a little, what do you call them, GIFs, that, yeah, that, that, yeah. that shows each, uh, and it's about 25 or 30 of these placed one on top of the other. Yeah. They, they don't mirror yeah, they're not mirror different. copies. Yeah, they're distilled the same way, but they're not mirror copies. They're subtly different, and that is the intrigue that I'm after. Because each of those subtly different, you know, when they're placed one on top of the other, a bit like a a milfoil gatto, you know, layers and layers and layers, and layers of each one of those is going to come off in reverse in mm-hmm. the glass as it warms up, yes. as it aromatizes, as it as it's oxidizes. And each one is going to strip off a bit like a dance of the seven veils. You know, it's going to reveal what's underneath. And then the next thing is going to reveal what's underneath. Uh, um, and that's what it's about. That's why, I, I, you know, what gives me the greatest. Um, I mean, w- w- when I know, when I know that we've succeeded is when you will go past the pub and you'll look through the window and you'll, in the corner, there'll be a couple of guys sitting in an armchair by the fire and they'll be having a glass of Waterford whiskey and they'll be chatting, mm-hmm. but they'll be nosing and then putting it down and chatting and nosing. And subconsciously, this guy will keep repeating that because his brain's going, give me more. Yeah. I really like that. And each time your brain's going, well, that's slightly different. 
and then it's go oh that's you know it's changed again you know and they don't even have to drink it you know it's just evolving in the glass that is what i find so intriguing about you know this the most complex flavored spirit in the world is it gives and gives and gives and gives and that's what's so compelling it is it is the um the that the, the, that knowledge that you know we're just when we do, were doing those tests in the lab that was just the, the raw spirit and then you're adding oak maturation to that and just how those well, layers hey, are going to yeah, build exactly yeah. um, i mean i mean the oak the oak thing is important mm-hmm. uh, good, good, um, thank you for reminding me about that because you know the oak the oak um uh, for us um provides another set of flavor compounds sure mm-hmm. uh, lignins vanillin mm-hmm. tannin um it provides color, mm-hmm. uh, leached out of the oak. Uh, um, so you know, as, as you know, we're doing this all naturally. So that's the only color it's going to get. You know, none, none of this E one fifty nonsense caramel. Um, so, so the 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 oak allows that micro oxygenation of those flavor compounds. Mm-hmm. It's integral. We've we've released all these flavor compounds that came from that barley right. that was influenced by where it grew, its terroir. We've released them into the spirit. And that spirit is now going to micro-oxygenate as the air permeates through the oak. It's the reason, one of the reasons we use oak, um, to change them into those flavors of maturation that we like. Yeah. yeah. And that happens over, over, over time. Of course, the best wood you use you know, you know, the, the, the better the influences are. Um, and, um, you know, the younger you can enjoy that spirit. Yeah. You know, the, the dumber the oak, the over, you know, the more it's overused and the less there is of those contributors you know, from the oak, well, then the longer it's got to be in there. Yeah, and so, the deeper you go in the cut as well, right? If you go deeper in well, the yeah, cut, well, yeah, sure, that, 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 that's, that's true, that's yeah. true. But, 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 but the, you know, the abuse of wood right. that's happened since the seventies, you know, the overuse, you know, covering it all up. But you know, because you can add E one fifty, a couple of buckets of this, and you get a nice golden brown. You know, you know, th- that was such a bad development during during the seventies and the eighties and the nineties. You know, legacy that's only finally, I think, sort of, sort of, you know, getting out the way, but. Uh, um, I, or is it? Uh, um, you know the, the the you know good quality oak, um, oak that is rotated, oak that is um, not you know, bleached to death. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, um, you know you've got to be able to reinvigorate with new oak and, and and fresh oak and and get rid of the stuff that you know that, that that's non-contributory. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, a, a, a genuine proactive wood policy. You know, we learned this at Brooklady. We learned it big time mm-hmm. at Brooklady. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, here, we don't have to um, finish anything. Right. You don't, you don't because, you know, we, you know yeah. that, that awful finish, you know, you know that negative, you know, remediate, uh, improve, uh, enhance, uh, whatever you want to call it. You know, the, 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 you know, everybody's at it these days. You know, now, now it's more for marketing than anything. But uh, uh, um, you know, more products on the shelf. Yeah. And, you know, we we were pretty good at that. You know, I confess. <laughs> uh, um, having to sort of ameliorate or make the most of stocks of whiskies that we'd never dis- we we'd never distilled. Um, so you know, we didn't have it didn't have our imprint on it. Um, so Brooklady was very much a two tier project. You know, the stuff that we distilled ourselves mm-hmm. and the stuff that we bought yeah, back in December yeah. 2000 you know yeah. so 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 you know again one of the big uh, uh, inspirations for this project is is to do it unfettered um you know so we we will never have to finish anything because we started the right way right right you don't have that yeah. multiple reused oak or, or what have you um this so i i think um is there anything else you want to talk about because I, I feel like we've covered a lot and i think we've covered everything i needed on my notes yeah, right, uh sure. but uh sure. i have always i always appreciate having your stay like uh sitting down with you on uh for this conversation and um 
I think the the experience has been terrific. I think uh, coming here and tasting that, I, we we should mention in the future. Um, your whiskey isn't available now. You don't sell a gin. We're gonna. I, I'm gonna briefly ask yeah. you about rum for in a in a moment. In a moment, I'm gonna ask you about rum. But let's 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 finish up uh, here. Um, your uh, our first bottlings. Our first bottlings will be, will be in May of next year. Yeah, May two thousand. Uh, um, 2020, uh, which will be uh, um, there'll be a um, a series of single farms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as we just just discussed, you know, for people to you know to see um, you know one two what Waterford whiskey tastes like, mm-hmm. two you know what barley can really do, mm-hmm. and three to see the difference that terroir makes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so compare and contrast, and then um, you know we'll, we'll release over um, the years various single farms for you know for that purpose, and then we'll release um, we're calling them a cuvee, an assemblage, a, 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 an assembly of single farms mm-hmm. together to create that mind fuckery, you know that that sort of complexity, um, which is the ultimate aim uh, um, of, of of this project. Nice, nice. Um, and so looking forward to that. And then because everything, I mean, you've got terrific staff here. Everything seemed yeah. to go very smoothly. Yeah. You decided to open up a rum facility in Grenada? Well, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. It's a bit more tricky. Uh, uh, um, we've run out of money at the moment. So we're having to raise some more money. Uh, um, yeah. But, I mean, so, again, so if listeners want to invest, uh, they can just. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 please. Yeah. Uh, is $10 uh, enough? Or yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Millions. Millions. It's been it's been a it's been a tricky project, very very tricky. Because uh, um, it's financially separate than this one entirely. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a whole yeah, other business. Separate, yeah. separate, separate thing. Yeah. Uh, um, but it, it came out of you know, you know wanting to see if you could make something really um, profound in the rum world mm-hmm. um, based on terror. Mm-hmm. So 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 in, in that it's a back to front project. Is we had to grow the cane first, and then once we knew we could grow enough cane, then build a distillery. Um, and of course, building a distillery in the Caribbean, we slightly underestimated the difficulty um, of doing that. Um, so, so it's, it's, it's been it's been you know quite a a brutal experience. But but uh, you know, hopefully, we're about three months away from uh, completion. I mm-hmm. hope we can get there. Yeah, and and you had the similar challenges. You had to find farmers that would. Uh, grow sugar cane so that for yeah. for the like the, the yeah. very similar challenges in, in that agricultural side of things as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I, um, it, you know, but you throw in a bit of you know um, colonialism and you know it, it, it's it's a sort of slightly different set of challenges. But but uh, um, you know, if we can get that going, that will be a, an amazing amazing thing. Yeah. Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, we're going to have uh, the next episode is going to be with Ned, your head distiller, uh, who's going to we're going to go through a more kind of tasting and talk about kind of the differences between okay. and between that. So that's okay. going to be on the next episode. Uh, but hope you guys enjoyed. Um, do 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 follow Mark on uh, Twitter. I, you're on Instagram as well. You're just yeah, you're not as active, yeah, but sure, on Twitter, sure, sure. Uh, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. you're you're a lot of fun to follow on Twitter and say Waterford. And the other thing I'll say, your, your team did a great job. We'll post in the show notes. We'll post uh, links to your YouTube videos because uh, your like your YouTube videos on online are, are quite captivating they're just you know well it's straight yeah. you know, one of the funny things is 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 you know if you're doing it straight mm-hmm. like we are yeah. there's nothing to hide yeah you know there's nothing that you don't want people to know in fact it's the other way around you want people to know everything yeah so you know, it, there's an openness you know so if you want to come and visit you know we'll, we'll show you around they're they're very genuine. Like I, yeah. I think a lot of a lot of videos from from companies then tend to be very marketed, but they're they're so genuine yeah. with, with real well, people you. that work for your yeah. distillery or farmers that they're work great. with you, yeah. uh, and they come off really well. So do watch those. I, I learned a lot through those videos. I think it was a uh, it was a nice uh, prep for Good. me before coming here. Thank uh, thanks so much for coming on, Mark. Pleasure. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye.